A billion years ago, there was nothing but space Then one of God's wet farts blew all the planets in place There were no signs of life on Mars or Venus But planet Earth was blessed with two baby geniuses Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby Geniuses, tell us something we don't know. Hello, Hello babies. babies! Welcome to Baby Geniuses. I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. Thanks for listening to our show. Thank you um, for continuing to listen, even though you no longer have a commute or a reason to listen to podcasts. Yeah, has, uh, has the thing that you do when you listen to podcasts changed? For me, it's still like I listen to them when I'm walking my dog. Yeah, same. I just listen to them when I'm like folding my laundry or walking... My dog or my horse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so maybe you guys, all of you who are walking your horses. <laughs> is that Does that sound like such a weird flex every time I say my horse? <laughs> the thing is, it's not a non-zero, like it's a non-zero number of our listeners who also do that. That's we got true. mail from one recently. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, li- I, love, I love hearing from our fellow equestrians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or wannabe um, equestrians. Yeah. Those, those are I, out there, too. I like it. I love um, it. It's hot as fuck in L.A. right now. It's hotter than balls. It's so fucking crazy. Um, but good for my garden. I think my cucumbers are loving it. Oh. Yesterday, I, got- I, I just sat my ass in a kiddie pool for two hours, so that felt oh, good. Oh, nice. Yeah. You already had it, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I've heard that they're, like, sold out online right now. Shit, because I want to get a bigger one. <laughs> I mean, maybe, look, I might be wrong. but we'll see. Uh, Such yeah. a waste of water. But also, is it? But is it? But is it, though? <laughs> it's watering my ass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. It has been taking me so long to water my plants now just because of how hot it is and also just like i just sit there filling up my and i have more now yeah like i've just been planting a lot and i i mean i've just been like filling up from my rain barrels and they're gonna be gone very soon and we just had like a giant storm right i feel bad but anyway do your vegetables um, they like the heat like it's it's good it depends on which vegetables like Any of my, like, winter vegetables are like, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that are still hanging around. My Like, my lettuce has bolted to seed, which is when it, like, just grows straight up to the sky and, like, produces flowers. Um, I'm definitely a winter vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do you like the heat? I you don't. You fucking hate it? <laughs> uh, but at least, you know, I have a tank top. I'm prepared. Yeah. I have a weird question. Okay. And maybe oh this God. isn't that weird. I'm excited. Um, so I want to talk about armpit hair. Ooh, let's get because, into it. So, okay. It's been a really long time since I've had armpit hair that I yeah. haven't like shaved off. In part because like, I don't really give a fuck one way or the other. But when I was doing stand up regularly, like if I was ever wearing a tank top, I didn't want to like raise my arm and like have people in the audience like get super distracted (laughs) that was honestly the main reason why I ever shaved it Mm -hmm. but now I'm kind of like in this weird zone of like maybe I'll grow it out maybe I won't but it gets really itchy at a certain point and then I'll shave it and then it gets itchy again 
And I don't know if I need, do I need to stick it out? Does it ever not be itchy? Like once you grow it out all the way, maybe this is a question for our listeners. This is a great question for our listeners. Is there like a way you can condition it to be less itchy? Can you like moisturize the hairs? Yeah. And do I want to do that? (laughs) I know. What's what's more, what's more laborious, shaving it or moisturizing it? (laughs) I mean, this is maybe just like what it's like to have a beard. Yeah, Adam's been growing out his beard and those questions are coming up. It's it's very itchy. Yeah. Uh, I tried to grow out my pit hair like a year ago and I just didn't like it. I love how it looks on other women, but on me, it just, I just didn't, it didn't, didn't feel, like it. it didn't feel good. I don't know. I have a weird sort of like lack of awareness of how I look. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, I don't know if I have a very good picture of what I look like most of the time. I feel like most of the time when I picture myself doing stuff, it's not me. <laughs> like a, it's, that's so real. It's like, <laughs> I kind of, yeah, yeah. Do you relate to that or does that just seem accurate for me? I relate to it. Well, my, I don't know if this is the same thing, but I'm surprised whenever people recognize me because I feel like I'm such a blank slate of a person. Like, I feel like I have no recognizable features. Is that weird? Um, like when I try to think about what I look like, it's just like, I don't know, just a, just cookie cutter, like just a person. I don't know. Just an average person. What's interesting though, is I feel like, yeah, when people recognize you, you in particular, I think because so much of your work is not like photographs of your face. Yeah. It makes sense that it's weird that they recognize you because you don't look the way that you draw yourself. Yeah, I don't. I draw myself as like a weird goose. You're definitely hotter than (laughs) even when you even when you draw your own face. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. (laughs) That's why I I don't draw portraits is because I do not draw flattering (laughs) portraits of people and then they get upset. I feel like you draw flattering portraits of other people, but it's, I think whenever like people try and draw themselves, it's like, it's always you kind of, weird. you focus on the things about yourself that are, that have sort of bothered you about the way you look in the past, maybe as a way of coming to terms with them. At least I kind of do that. Like whenever I draw myself, I'm always like, I am starting with the nose, <laughs> even though like, as I've got, like, that was definitely more of an issue for me when I was a, a little kid. And then, like, I grew up and my face got huge and my nose is not that big anymore. It's but not it's that still, big. It's a very yeah. cute. It's a very cute. <laughs> I've, like, grown into my nose. But it is the thing I am, like, you know, if I'm, like, doing my Frida Kahlo portrait the way she, like, did her, like, unibrow way thicker than it was in real life. It's, like, my yeah. nose is, like, way pointier and more intense than. We do kind of work out our issues in our art. Like, whenever I'm doing, like, a character design, I often, like, make them have huge hips. Cause I just, that's like a part of my body I've focused on my whole life is like having just a kind of a bubble butt. And so that's important to me is yeah. having a, a big butt. Is it wh- like, where do you think that, do you think it comes from like coming to terms with that about yourself or is it like glorifying it? Both. It's like, it's, it's, it's an asset haha, and, and, uh, <laughs> and the pain, you know, cause it's like, it's something that attracted attention whether I wanted it or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting because, like, in some ways you want to say, like, oh, well, it's all, like, in my imagination. But then every – like, I had an ex-boyfriend who, um, when I realized all of the other women he had dated, 
I was like, oh, we've all got schnozzes. (laughs) (laughs) It's not not there at all, you know? (laughs) All the the women uh, Adam has dated have, um, like, anxiety problems. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Man, that's That's really funny. That's Um, different. Uh, you yeah. know who you you know who I was thinking you look like, and I I know comparing people to celebrities is always like real hit or miss. Like it could be taken as a compliment or not. But I was watching uh, Ang Lee's Sense, Sense and Sensibility, and I think you look like a young Kate Winslet. I've gotten that before. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I find that flattering. I find yeah. that very flattering. Oh, I'm out. She's gorgeous. So yeah, yeah. She's got big brown eyes. Yeah, and she's got the curly. The tendrils, the, yeah. But then like your oh, mouth, yeah. your mouth too kind of reminds me of hers. Interesting. Yeah. I like when people talk about my fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember there's this one actress that I was like really attracted to in this show. And I won't say her name because, uh, but uh, I told Peter about it and I was like, I don't know. She just got like a really like wet mouth. <laughs> and he was like, what? <laughs> fuck <laughs> i gotta hear about this later like who, who you mean you are you are focused on on actors mouths in a way that am i well i don't know i guess i, just, I am you were talking about uh, matthew McFadden. yeah 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 <laughs> your piece uh in the new yorker was so great by the way oh thank you i had a piece about being horny for pride and prejudice um i did not really mention matthew McFadden by name because i just didn't want to be super creepy but I, I, <laughs> I had some creepier panels that i deleted from the piece um <laughs> <laughs> it's funny when you're like do i want this to show up in his google news alert for his own name exactly i did it because yeah. i'm like oh i might want to try to get him to do voice acting sometime. <laughs> That's yeah. honestly my thought is like, how can I hire him? Um, yeah. But yeah, I did a yeah a piece about being horny. Um, it was great. Thank you. It was very fun. Um, I think I am now, I'm now sick of Jane Austen. I finally hit my saturation level halfway through listening to Sense and Sensibility on audiobook. I'm just like, <laughs> oh my God, it's just all people sitting awkwardly in rooms making awkward conversation until someone volunteers to play piano for it. And then <laughs> all, all people care about is impertinence. Like either someone's being impertinent or they're afraid they're, they've been impertinent. And it's like, Jesus Christ. Um, and then they're just very, they're very sexless. Like it's all just sort of comedy of errors and like a lot of stuff about money and a lot of stuff about etiquette and like, Maybe I just need to read some Bronte or something. I don't know. I mean, I wish I could weigh in, but I haven't read any Jane Austen ever. Yeah, this is my first uh, first time. Really? Yeah. You hadn't you hadn't read any of it? No, I hadn't. Huh. They do make I- for good audiobooks. You can really kind of bust through them. Um, but yeah, I might need to take a break. <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I'll try reading some. I recommend an audiobook. Pride and Prejudice is good. Sense and Sensibility gets pretty boring. <laughs> like in high, you know, they they edited a lot out when they made the movie. Emma Thompson like did the screenplay, I think, and she actually mm-hmm. is an uncredited writer on Pride and Prejudice. Um she uh, on did, the book or the movie? The movie, the movie. Yeah. She she rewrote some scenes. Um and she did a great job. I always of. forget that she started as a writer. Isn't that crazy? She's yeah, so, so talented. She's so talented, and I actually just watched Late Night, and I thought she was really good in that. She's she's fantastic in it. Yeah, 
Um, um, it wasn't my favorite movie, but I like her in no. it a lot. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't my favorite movie, and it was like, who else is this for if not for me? Yeah. But uh, I had no problem. It was like, it went down real smooth, that movie. It goes down smooth. It's a good airplane film, or, you know, none of us or are quarantine. flying on. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but just pretend you're on an airplane. I um, feel like the same kinds of movies are working now that worked on airplanes, where it's like, just I'm doing I'm killing some time I'm a raw nerve yeah I'm like things are I'm crying more easily I am like kind of low energy Emily Flake uh, made that observation in a comic she did also for the New Yorker where she's like it feels like I'm waiting at the airport like oh wow and I'm like oh yeah it does have that feeling where you're like I have a whole bag full of like activities but I don't know what I want to work on I don't know if I want to read my kindle or like watch something on my ipad I don't know or like (laughs) it just has has that limbo feeling to it I'm in this like situation where I'm in it's a combination of like I'm in quarantine like everyone else but I also with work I'm at a point where I am like I have work to do but it's unlike when I'm in a writer's room or something like that, like I am making my own schedule. Oh yeah. Like I have like a long writing deadline. And so it's like, not only can I not do some of the normal stuff that like helps me focus for that, like going to a coffee shop or working with another person in the same room, you know, like things like that. Um, So, and then I'm also like navigating this weird sort of like sense of like, awareness that things are not normal like yeah. pervading everything so i did this i'm going to show you on our zoom call and i'll describe it i did a um i, I drew myself on a whiteboard a daily schedule to keep oh my to. god this is fantastic um where i like every and i found that this works for me really well because like it ends up being less time per day than when i say like when I say, like, oh, I have all day, I'll just, like, work all day. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get shit done. But if I, like, really meticulously schedule out my day with, like, lots of breaks and, like, scheduling in all of the other, like, boring shit I need to do of, like, unloading the dishwasher and stuff, and then I only schedule in, like, three hours of work, I'll end up getting more done this, than if I say I'm going to write all day. This is so smart. I need to do this. Thank you. And then I set a bunch of alarms. So it's, like, from 11 to 11.15, I start my day at 11. Mm-hmm. First of all, that's like the first thing that's like going to work for me is like, I can't I say like I need that. to start by 10. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then from 11 to 11, 15, I scheduled in just day planning where yeah. I'm just like looking at what I need to do and like, not just for like my writing work, but also for like my housework and my like any of the pet projects that I've been wanting to work on or like things I should do on break yeah. when I have my break too. And then I write for an hour, then I take a break, then I write for an hour, then I do lunch, then um, I do half an hour of housework, half an hour of emailing and business catch up, then another hour of writing, and then an hour of like doing a pet project of some kind. Are you um, are you like turning off Twitter during this? Or are you checking social media or like? I have blocked Twitter on my browser during this, during the periods when I'm supposed to be writing. Like, That's smart. I, I basically have like look, taken this schedule and then put it in my like leech block, which I use on my browser that's like to block certain websites. So it'll block Twitter in the times when I'm supposed to be writing. And then I have alarms set like 
at the beginning of every new block to be like, here's what you're supposed to be working on now. Here's what you're supposed to be working on now on my phone. Right. The only thing that sucks about that is I have to keep my phone nearby. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's kind of working. That's yesterday, great. Yesterday, I only ended up doing one of my three scheduled writing blocks, but <laughs> um, or like one and a half. But that's still probably more than I would have done if I hadn't done the schedule at all. That's good. Yeah. Um, I have just too many different things I want to work on. And so I end up doing none of them. <laughs> yeah, just... it's really hard to like prioritize. I it think. is. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Especially when I'm I'm right now just in this phase of like kind of seeing what goes, you know, I don't quite know yet. So I'm developing some things. And yeah, it's like, I don't know which one of these things is going to flourish. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, I'm in a position where I just have one thing that I need to work on right now. That's great. Which is good and bad, because when I get to like a point where, I, where I'm kind of stuck with it, then I'm like, Ugh, I can't even take a break with something else. Yeah. Like last week, I had two things to work on, and then I finished one of them. And um, I like to I, I like to bop back and forth. Yeah, I do, things. too. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm lucky to be in a position where I get to do that. But anyway, yeah. it's been, you know, handling my time well is uh, tough. It's- I also decided that just because fuck it, who gives a shit? Like, I have therapy on Wednesdays and I'm like, Wednesday's part of my weekend now. Oh, that's I great. Have, I have Wednesdays off because <laughs> um, I don't want to redo my whole schedule for Wednesday. And then I now work on Saturday. So Wednesday and Sunday are my days off. I love this. I, I, I hope that, I mean, if you want to try it, go ahead. And it's also nice to just like have the whiteboard sitting next to me so I can like look over at it from my desk. But yeah. It's it's tough. This is smart. Thank you. <laughs> Someone was like, you're so disciplined. And I was like, no, I'm not. That's why I need to do this. Yeah. I'm not disciplined at all. <laughs> I'm not at all. I need to hold my own hand like I'm a little baby. <laughs> yeah. I'm a I'm a bad student. And I need to treat myself as such. Yeah. Um, what else did we want to talk about before I, we go to any of our segments? Uh, should I... Oh, I got nothing else. Let's see. <laughs> what did I write down? I wrote down despair. <laughs> uh, um, I talked about gardening on the podcast, Love It or Leave It. And then I got sent some free um, gardening supplies. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's tight. I love getting free stuff. Yeah. Um, I still have not gotten any free like horse equipment from any horse places. Like, what the hell is crazy? You know yeah. what I? This really, uh, this is. I, I have like a list of things I want to buy that are just super frivolous, and I need to just like wait until they don't feel stupid. But I would really want to buy like a white saddle pad and a tie dye kit, and then make myself like tie dye horse riding stuff. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome! <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? That'd be great. All right, maybe I'll do it. I've definitely, like, I think you and I both have gradually started wearing more and more tie-dye because of oh, the yeah. press. <laughs> oh, my God. I want to buy every tie-dye thing they put out. I need to yeah. stop. But ugh. how has your uh, wardrobe changed since not leaving the house? It's really tough to put on jeans. Oh, like, I, I haven't even tried. I do it once in a while just to make sure they still fit, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do they? Well, kind of. <laughs> Allison uh, Vingiano, I think her name is, posted something on Twitter like a week ago that was like, 
put on jeans, they said. It'll make you feel normal, they said. And then just a picture of her wearing jeans with a giant split in the ass. (laughs) (laughs) I've definitely, it's weird. I'm like, I've thought about just sort of like boarding up my closet and like not even going in there and then just only pulling out all the the like five items of clothing that I have been wearing, which is just like my like really soft stuff. Because there's just so much that I'm just like not even getting to that's in there. All the dresses seem like all the fancy things seem very silly right now. Oh, Uh, yeah. I was tempted to buy new shoes and I was like, why? What is this for? <laughs> uh well I guess if they're like functional then it makes sense but they were like summer sandals but they were kind of like an espadrille like they had a little fashion to them and it's just like uh, why yeah. no, nobody's going to give a shit about these yeah like, what's the point yeah what's the point just yeah. wait especially um, now that like when I go out to dog walking I'm like it's gotten so hot and I'm wearing a mask and I'm wearing sunglasses like there is nothing identifiable about me anyway I don't no. know why I would give a fu- I'm like I should just like not care if my nipples are showing when I'm walking because like no one can yeah. tell who I am <laughs> just put little masks over your nipples <laughs> I've been dressing crazy like I've just been like pattern clashing and just dressing like a toddler like just wearing anything that looks fun and brightly colored to me because when I'm walking is the only you know walking my dogs the only time I really get out so yeah fuck it why not I mean I realized I was doing this thing so like I guess I had organized my clothes before this into like Clothes I wear when I'm not going to see anyone that are, like, just, like, really comfortable. And then clothes that I wear that are, like, cool or, like, that I like or that are, you know, whatever. What I want to wear when I'm, like, being seen by people. Um, And I had just been avoiding those because I'm like, oh, it's a day where I'm not going to see anyone. I shouldn't wear the stuff that I want to save for when I'm going to see someone. Right. Uh, I should wear. And then I was like, wait, but those clothes are comfortable too. Like I had been still in my mind, like just only allowing myself to wear pajamas, even though I have clothes that are as comfortable as pajamas that I wear outside of the house. And yeah. it's been this weird sort of renegotiating of like what drawer is for what? Cause I had separate drawers for those different kinds of clothes. And I was like, I guess I don't have to do it this way anymore. I don't know. Is this can, fucking boring? I don't know. <laughs> we, can, we can change our whole lives. We can reinvent ourselves. Yeah. Uh, have you, I mean, I guess you don't have to because you don't have bangs, right? Like, hey, have you, you haven't given yourself a haircut? No, my roots are growing in. So I don't know. My, yeah. uh, uh, my sister-in-law is the one who does my hair and she's been dropping off like hair dye kits for her clients. Oh, really? Yeah. That's uh, nice of her. Maybe she can teach me how to bleach my own hair. That seems like an experts only thing though. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you can get Adam to do it. Ah, oh God. <laughs> you he, don't think he'd be good at it? He wants me to cut his hair and I'm just like, no, that's like a liability. Like I can't do that. I feel like me and me and Peter are in the opposite situation where I'm like, I'll cut your hair, and he's like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> don't trust. My neighbors were like giving each other buzz cuts in the driveway the other day. Maybe I should just do that. Oh yeah. I've been watching some YouTube videos about how to cut men's hair just to be like, can I do this? I don't know. <laughs> now's the time to learn i don't yeah i mean that's the thing and i'm also i'm like should i just like give myself a fucking crazy haircut i don't know you could um yeah why not you can do anything nobody will judge you the other thing i'm realizing too is like even if lockdown ends for a lot of people sooner than we think or even when we think like i still personally should not end my lockdown because i'm not 
it's not required for me. Like, I don't need to leave the house. Like, I don't need to leave. So, like, they say, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm just, like, don't read. But, um, (laughs) like, they say that, like, only people who, like, need to reenter society or whatever should do it when it's allowed. Right. And I'm not one of those people. So I still feel like I'm going to be in here for a while. Me too. Like, even if I started working on a show, I would probably just do it from home. Like we would just do Zoom because yeah. I, I, I think it's too risky to like have in-person meetings. Yeah. A lot of writer's rooms have been doing Zoom yeah. only writer's rooms. Yeah. They've been doing Zoom table reads and stuff. It's amazing. Man. It have works. you been to any? No. Yeah. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> yeah. Um. I had one crazy story I wanted to tell that I just want to scream about because I have nowhere else. This is the closest I've ever come to, like, posting on Nextdoor. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Um, So I was walking Alan last weekend, and I was walking. We were walking down the street and parked on the street, like, 20 feet ahead of us, maybe 10 feet ahead of us, was, like, just a sedan parked on the street. I didn't have my glasses on because I hadn't figured out how to not fog them up yet. <laughs> and there, the passenger side window of the car was rolled down and there was a dog in the window, um, like a big dog. Um, and usually when I see that, I'm like, oh, it's a dog. Hooray. You know, so I was like, yay. <laughs> um, uh-huh. But then as we got a little bit closer, the dog just leapt out of the car. Oh, shit not leashed, not anything. It had a harness on that wasn't attached to anything. It just leapt out of the car completely and ran at Alan and started like, I don't know if it was trying to play or if it was attacking him. I couldn't tell the difference, which is why you need to fucking keep your dog on a leash, even if you know that your dog is just playing. Because I was keep like, keep your dogs on leashes. Keep, keep your dogs them. on leashes. Oh my god, I was Always. so fucking freaked out, and uh. I was like, I like. I'm not good in fight or flight situations, I realize. Like, nothing, time does not slow down for me. And, like, I can't see, like, in the Matrix, you know, where the bullet's flying by my head. Like, I was just started, like, pulling on Alan's leash as if that was going to keep the other dog away from him. Yeah. That's not how that works. And then I, like, the then people got out of the car not wearing masks. They had just been sitting in there, and they did not call the dog over they did not apologize they did not look at me or like say anything to me they just like i just had to like run across the street and like with alan and i was just like screaming at them like what the fuck and then they didn't get the dog back in the car right away they didn't even like make a move for it did they acknowledge you at all no yeah They, like, got out and they were like, oh, I guess we should switch seats with each other or something. They, like, switched seats in the car. And I was like, get your dog in the fucking car. The dog was just sitting there. Like, after they got out of the car, like, the dog, like, I guess went over to them. I don't know. It was all a blur. I was so fucking shaken up and I was so pissed off. And I was like, they're fucking sitting there. Their dog's not on a leash. Their dog is, like, attacking smaller dogs. They're not wearing masks. People who keep their dogs off leash in public areas are just have the complete opposite personality from me. Like we will, (laughs) we will never see eye to eye about personal responsibility and etiquette and public space and like being polite. Like we'll just never. Yeah. And they never, they're never apologized. They're always just kind of like, Oh, Oh, that happened. Like they just don't. Yeah. And I also am like, what was, what was, 
happening in your day that like at 9 a.m. you're just sitting in your car with your dog, like not doing anything, not going anywhere. Like I couldn't see that there were people in the car when that happened. And like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I'm just, I'm still, I was so fucking shaken up by it. And we were already like kind of heading home anyway, that I was like, we're definitely heading home now that for the next, like, I was just like so rattled that like for the next like block and a half, it took me so long to notice that at some point from when that happened to when I noticed it, Alan had found a giant bone, <laughs> like a giant meat bone in the street that was like the size of his head that he was carrying in his mouth. And I he was, was like, like, mom's not paying attention. Now's yeah, my time. He was like, this is actually turning out to be a great day for me. <laughs> like his walk did a total 180, but then I had to get it out of his mouth, but. Anyway, uh, I am fucking, I I just feel like I have lost faith in humanity every time I leave the house. It's definitely a time period where I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm maybe too uptight, whereas other people are too lax. And we both need to like meet in the middle a little bit. Like, I, I don't think know. I don't think you need to compromise, though. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I think, know. Yeah, it I is. Mean, none of us know. Like, none of us know how dangerous this thing is. And like, but yeah, yeah. fucking leash your dogs, people. I feel like we know an amount of how dangerous this thing is. Yeah, we know some. Yeah, there's just like all these stories about people who like aren't, haven't taken any risks and still get it, you know? Yeah. So when people are like doing shit like that, I'm like, I'm going to fucking murder you. (laughs) I know. It sucks because they'll all, you know, most of them will probably be okay. But yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. (laughs) it's rough (laughs) it's rough uh anyway that i just needed to vent about that so that i don't go on next door and just be like to the assholes who blah 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 yeah don't don't bother going on next door because those assholes won't even be there yeah they won't be there next door is only for people (laughs) who are like (laughs) aggressive like me (laughs) pretty much yeah (laughs) uh anyway should i do a mailbag yeah, let's do a mailbag. Yeah. Mailbag. All right. Uh, I should just call this McFadden bag because it's always just. <laughs> emails. A, if you want to get your email read on Baby Geniuses, <laughs> I will. I will read any email you write to me about Matthew McFadden. Um, <laughs> Hi, Emily and Lisa. Thanks for the joy and laughs you've brought me over the years. Your podcast is a real bomb. I wanted to jo- jump in on the McFadden fever and direct you to the 2004 New Zealand film In My Father's Den, where he plays a prodigal son war photographer returning to New Zealand after his father's death. It's not a super cozy film. It's dark, but also good. But McFadden does spend a lot of time brooding and smoldering in the Otago landscape and is quite often rain drenched or muddy. Um, so I, I had been meaning to check out this movie, so I did. And then I, I just clicked to like a random spot in it to see if I felt like watching it. And it was a scene where a lady is fucking him. She's like, she's riding him on top. And then he grabs a belt and starts choking himself with it while she's fucking him. And like, I think, I think in context, it was, you were to like, be, I'm watching this now. I know. I was like, oh, hell yeah. But I think in context, it's supposed to be really sad. Like, oh no, this character has issues. Like he's fucked up. But I was just like, oh, um, but like, I, normally I'm not into airplay. Like, I don't think you should restrict your breathing during sex. And I also don't like wirelessly connecting to speakers. Just kidding. That was Wait, an air, wh- that was an airplay. Oh. Joke. <laughs> 
took me a minute. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's he's hot in it. It is kind of a boring film. It's like very, very dark and sad and slow. Yeah. Okay, I won't be watching it then. Nah, he's really hot in it though, and he's in his underwear a lot. So that's cool. All right. <laughs> just click around. Just click around. <laughs> just send me some screenshots. Okay. <laughs> um, should we do chunch chat? Yeah. It's time for Chunch Chat, our regular segment where we talk about any news in the world of Martha Stewart's pony, Ben Chunch. Chunch. When the clock strikes noon, we could have a picnic lunch, find wine, full moon, and we're chatting about Chunch. Ben Chunch. Ooh, let's see. Slim pickings this time. I mean, Martha's Instagram has just been real good, but she hasn't been doing any horse posts. I wonder sometimes if she doesn't post any footage of herself riding because she doesn't want like all the instagram equestrians weighing in on her like on her technique yeah because they can get real bossy about that stuff i mean that's interesting that's a reason i I haven't really posted much of myself riding um really yeah i just don't want them getting all over me i'm not like that good a rider so they definitely would have things to critique (laughs) yeah um i'll just read this one post she did about her cat um it's a picture of her cat sitting next to her vacuum cleaner And it says, Princess Peony and Empress Tang are going stir-crazy. There are people all over the place, namely me and Ryan, who usually are not here all the time. I am being followed, cajoled, bothered, meowed at, swatted at. Oh, my. (laughs) All I can say is sorry. (laughs) And I will say she has a Miel vacuum cleaner. A Miel. A really nice-looking Miel. Oh. Mm -hmm. Um... A lot of people tried to send us that article that was talking about her having a detainee at her property as if we hadn't covered that a month ago. I know. She's, yeah, she's basically keeping her workers prisoner at her farm. No, I don't know. She's, she, she made some posts that felt a little defensive about that. She's like, they're socially distancing and they want to work here. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but they like basically live there. It's interesting. I wouldn't mind that being on Martha's farm. I mean, it seems nice. And she cooks lunch for them every day. She did brag about that. She's like, I cook yeah. them lunch every day. <laughs> They're happy. I mean, I guess it, it depends on whether they have other places they'd rather be. Yeah, I really... Completely. It's I don't know. totally dependent on that, and that's not something we know. We'll never know. They're not weighing in. They're not giving yeah. their honest thoughts. Yeah. Carlos, uh, Carlos Uno is not he's chiming not, in about that. He's not saying shit. He's keeping his mouth shut. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> does that conclude Chunch Chat? Yes, it does. That concludes Chunch Chat. We will be right back with One on Fun. Okay, I have one. Okay. Um, Emily, you know how there's a lot of like kind of shitty mall stores and mall brands and a lot of them are like going bankrupt. Yeah. One by one dropping like flies. Are there any that you particularly would want to save? Oh. You know what's weird is I feel like Hot Topic (laughs) is culturally important. (laughs) In a way. Where else was I going to get a Care Bear lunchbox when I was in high school? <laughs> I feel like the kids who shop at Hot Topic are scratching a very particular itch. You know what I mean? Where it's yeah. like, it's a, it's, a, it's a store that's about like, 
experimenting with your identity in some of the lamest ways possible, but also that's like part of being a teenager, I think. Yeah. And for like part of being a very specific type of teenager that I definitely was. And I don't even think that I shopped at Hot Topic that much, but like I think in places where that's the only place you can go to get like fucking manic panic hair dye or whatever. Yeah. That seems like an important. What would what would you save? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I I did I loved Hot Topic when I was in high school, and I also loved Wet Seal, which in hindsight is the most disgusting name for like a teenage yeah. teenage girl clothing store I could think of. Wet Seal. Wet Seal. Yeah. Is um, there some story behind that that we don't know? I gotta know it. What is it? Yeah. Does anyone know? Tell us. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I don't know. What stores do I like? Claire's. Hey, I always hated Claire's. Never, yeah. never liked her. <laughs> you don't want to, you don't want to get a rash from some $2 earrings. I think part of it is I just didn't, I, I've never been an accessorizing kind of person and I don't really know how to properly accessorize my hair. Yeah. Or, you know, I don't like wearing jewelry. So I think that's the thing that I liked about Claire's was I'm not an accessories person either, but there were certain occasions where I needed to. And I was like, I'm not going to spend real money on yeah. like something I don't actually want to do, you know? It was just like, I need to get a quick sort of hit of femininity. Yeah. You know, I need to just, I guess you're supposed to have something on your neck for prom. (laughs) I feel like Forever 21 did that for me. It was like, okay, they would just have like quick hits of femininity in the sort of like area where you were about to check out. You'd be like, okay, I'll grab like a hair thing or like a, yeah, yeah. This will do. <laughs> yeah. This will make people know I'm a girl. Yeah. Um, okay, Lisa. Yeah. Fucking shit, man. Um. <laughs> uh, if you suddenly had to have one famous person live in your house for the rest of quarantine, who would it be? Matthew McFadden. <laughs> You think Adam would be cool with that? No, that would be a disaster. That would be so awkward. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to shit. Like I wouldn't know I wouldn't know what to do. I think it would very quickly just become extremely extremely platonic and I'd just be like, "Oh, he's like he's like my uncle now. Like he's just Right. You'd be overhearing his work calls and you'd just be like hearing him talk about playing people that yeah. I'd be over it. Um a famous person. I don't what if it was just like an older kind of avuncular man who could just tell, spin a good yarn? Like I bet like Mandy Patinkin has some good stories <laughs> and I wouldn't mind having just like a Mandy Patinkin like sitting on the roof, you know? Uh-huh. He would <laughs> Did you see himself. that clip, that clip that was going around of Mandy Patinkin on that morning show when that yes. guy's wife went into labor? Yeah, and he, he just like would not get back on topic. He was just like, oh my God. Yeah. She's having a baby? Like, he was so excited. It was just so joyful. Uh, I think that's what reminded me of him. I just, I like him. I think he would, like, sit quietly in a corner and read a book for most of the day, too. I could imagine he'd keep to himself a bit. I don't know. I've seen some videos of him doing some, like, musical theater songs that are incredibly obnoxious. That <laughs> makes me think that he might be kind of noisy. Ooh, maybe. But he Go would be- look up on YouTube uh, Mandy Patinkin doing uh, Coffee in a Cardboard Cup. <laughs> It's so fucking crazy and jazz handsy oh, just sh- in the worst way. Shit. Do I really want another uh, loud, entertaining male in my house? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's a it's a tough question to answer. I who's, mean, I think I would. The, who's the quietest celebrity? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like probably the best person to have would be like a celebrity chef. Oh yeah, right. But then, yeah, but then I'd eat even more food than I'm eating. Ah, yeah, even better. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, does that conclude one on fun? Yeah. Okay, we will be right back with Wiki of the Week. I did have an endorse horse in case we wanted to. Oh, yeah, wait. Okay. Um, Before we do Wiki of the Week, Lisa, do you have an endorse horse? I do. Emily, thank you for asking. Geniuses endorse, letting nature take its course. Endorphins pump from the source when they hop up on that horse. Two babies, one endorse horse. Endorse horse. Endorsing services and items, no remorse. Two babies, one endorse horse. Riding off into the sunset. Now here's something we endorse. I would like to endorse. I don't know if I've mentioned these on the podcast before. I probably have, but um, Tana French books. She has a series of books about detectives solving cases in Dublin, Ireland. And each book is from the perspective of a different detective. You don't need to read them in order at all. And they're just, they're really fun. They're really smart. They're not that trashy, but they're page turners. So if you want something like kind of relaxing to read, that's actually good. I just think they're great. Uh, Jillian Tamaki turned me on to them. Um, Oh, cool. My favorite so far is The Likeness. That's a really good one. And then right now I'm reading The Trespasser and I like it a lot. I think I've read like four or five of them. Cool. I recommend them. That's a good endorse horse. Thank you. I'm trying to think if I have one. You've already en- you've already endorsed hot topic. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know. If, I wouldn't call that an endorsement. I feel like it's a necessary evil in some ways. <laughs> it is. Um, I'm slightly worried Victoria's Secret is going to go out of business, and I actually really hate their underwear, but I think their swimsuits are good. So I'm a little um, little concerned, but we'll concerned see. Concerned about that? Yeah. Um, well, maybe after this is over, we're all just going to start skinny dipping. Yeah. Hey, that would be good. Would it? I'm into it. Maybe. Um, <laughs> all right. I don't have an endorse horse this week. I'm sorry. That's fine. Let's talk about KiwiCo. KiwiCo is a science and art subscription box designed to help get kids offline and having fun while learning at home. Very relevant right now. Yeah, it's a time when it's great to have little projects you can do at home. They have different kits available for different ages. So even if you're a childless adult like me, you can get craft kits. Like I looked yeah. and they have a punch needling one. Ooh, yeah. Do you know how fun punch needling looks? <laughs> so fun. They have projects that are all over the map. Art, science, math, all of that stuff. They have these like animal friction climbers that you can make. They have geometric laser projects. You can make a volcano. You can make a lantern. It's very exciting looking. I'm very jealous of all the kids who get to do it. KiwiCo is redefining play with hands-on projects that build confidence, creativity, and critical thinking skills. There's something for every kid or kid at heart at KiwiCo. Do your part to encourage your children to be innovators and creative thinkers. They won't believe what they can build and accomplish with KiwiCo, and when they're finished, watch their confidence grow. There's different crates for kids of all ages so that there's something for every kid or adult on your list. If you're bored and you're stuck at home and you just want something to do while you're watching TV, get a KiwiCo kit. Yeah. And build something. It's kind of like Legos for adults or kids. 
I think it's a great idea. Get your first month free on select crates at kiwico.com slash geniuses. That's K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash geniuses. Video games. Video games. Video games. You like them? Maybe you wish you had more time for them. Maybe you want to know the best ones to play. Maybe you want to know what happens to Mario when he dies. <laughs> In that case, you should check out Triple Click. It's a brand new podcast about video games. A podcast about video games? But I don't have time for that. Sure you do. Once a week, Kickback as three video game experts give you everything from critical takes on the hottest new releases. To scoops, interviews, and explanations about how video games work. To fascinating and sometimes weird stories about the games we love. Triple Click is hosted by me, Kirk Hamilton. Me. Jason Shire and me Maddie Myers you can find triple click wherever you get your podcasts and listen at maximumfun.org bye it's time for wiki of the week this week's wikipedia page was sent to us by Margaret Collins thank you Margaret thank you and it is the wikipedia page for Bridie Murphy I love the name Bridie I do too. Uh, it's like a very weird, like husband. You know, I'm like a I'm like a bride. I think I've talked about this on the show before, but I also think the word "sexy" is very weird because <laughs> all you have to do to be akin to sex is to just have it, which is like you don't have to be quote unquote sexy to have sex, but it yeah, does make you sexy. You know, like I just don't think it's like it's such a weird, like unspecific word in my opinion that just makes me think of tom in succession being like it's not very weddingy just <laughs> <laughs> like one of my favorite lines oh god he's got a lot of really great lines okay um bridie murphy is a purported 19th century irish woman whom u.s housewife virginia tye april 27th 1923 to ni- july 12th 1995 claimed to be in a past life the case was investigated by researchers and concluded, and concluded to be the result of cryptomnesia. I love that word. Yeah, which if you hover over it, it says cryptomnesia occurs when a forgotten memory returns without its being recognized as such by the subject who believes it is something new and original. It is a memory bias whereby a person may falsely recall generating a thought, an idea, a tune, a name, or a joke not deliberately engaging in, and then it fades out. Anyway, okay. Hypnotic regression. Uh, In 1952, Colorado businessman and amateur hypnotist Maury Bernstein put housewife Virginia Tai of Pueblo, Colorado, in a trance that sparked off startling revelations about Tai's alleged past life as a 19th century Irish woman. Bernstein used a technique called hypnotic regression, during which the subject is gradually taken back to childhood. He then attempted to take Virginia one step further before birth and was astonished to find he was listening to Bridie Murphy. Hmm... Ty's tale began in 1806 when Bridie was eight years old and living in a house in Cork. She was the daughter of Duncan Murphy, a barrister, and his wife Kathleen. At the age of 17, she married barrister Sean Brian McCarthy, whom she claimed taught at Queen's University Belfast, to which she moved. Ty told of a fall that caused Bridie's death and of watching her own funeral, describing her tombstone and the state of being in life after death. It was, she recalled, a feeling of neither pain nor happiness. Somehow, she was reborn in America 59 years later, although the Ty Bridie, although Ty Bridie was not clear how this event happened. 
Ty herself was born Virginia May Reese in the Midwest in 1923, had never been to Ireland, and did not speak with even the slightest hint of an Irish accent. Weird. Weird. Very weird. Yeah. Book publication and response. The story of Bridie Murphy was first told in a series of articles by William J. Barker, published in the Denver Post in 1954. In early 1956, Doubleday released a book by Bernstein, The Search for Bridie Murphy. Movie rights had already been sold by the time of its publication, and at her insistence, Ty was given the pseudonym Ruth Mills Simmons. The Bridie Murphy craze. (laughs) The best-selling book created a sensation. People would throw Bridie Murphy-themed quote, come-as-you-were parties and dances, and jokes abounded, such as cartoons of parents greeting newborns with, welcome back. The fuck? <laughs> Popular songs of the time included The Love of Bridie Murphy by Billy Debro's Devilaries, and, <laughs> which, okay, let's talk about that another time. Um, <laughs> uh, and Do You Believe in Reincarnation by Lalo Guerrero. There was a, quote, reincarnation cocktail. Fuck. Stan Freeberg recorded a satirical sketch in 1956 titled The Quest for Bridie Hammerschlagen, based on the LP containing excerpts of the actual first hypnosis session. Whoa. Freeberg hypnotizes Goldie Smith, voiced by June Foray, to regress her to different eras with humorous interruptions by Smith. At the end, Smith hypnotizes Freeberg, who becomes Davy Crockett. When Smith mocks him for not being able to profit on the recent Davy Crockett craze... Freeberg says that in his next life, he may be Walt Disney. (laughs) The past life life themed 1956 film, I've Lived Before, is said to have been inspired by the craze. I love Mm. that there was just like a... a Just a craze. Craze for past lives. Like, that's so funny. It's just so... I mean, it makes... I also, I love thinking about the time when people just like sat around listening to comedy records that were like this, like people having a conversation kind of. Yeah. Again, now we have podcasts and that's the fucking same thing, sort it's of. It's the same but, thing, basically. But it's weird that it was more, it was such a bigger, anyway. Yeah. Research challenging the story. The biographical details related by Bridie were not rigorously checked before the book's publication. However, Oops. once the book, whoops. Oops. <laughs> However, once the book had become a bestseller, almost every detail was thoroughly checked by reporters who were sent to Ireland to track down the background of the elusive woman. That would be a fucking great movie about one of the reporters sent to Ireland to track down the background. Yeah. It was then that the first doubts about her, quote, reincarnation began to appear. Bridie said she was born on December 20th, uh, 1798 in Cork, and that she had died in 1864. No record was found of either event. Also, no record could be found of a wooden house called the Meadows, in which she said she had lived, just of a place of that name at the brink of Cork. Indeed, most houses in Ireland were made of brick or stone. She pronounced her husband's name as Sion, even though Sean is typically pronounced Sean, especially in (laughs) Ireland. (laughs) I, that's funny. Yeah. Queen, Queen's University Belfast did not exist at the time Ty and Bridie claimed that husband was working there. Brian, which is what Bridie preferred to call her husband, was also the middle name of the man to whom Virginia Ty was married. Ty claimed Bridie went to a St. Teresa's church, which did indeed exist, but it was not built until 1911, long after Bridie was said to have died. Huh. I wonder where, she, where did she get these like little pieces of information, though, that she like put together into a story? I think that um, I think that there's an explanation further down for that. Oh, okay, good. Um, <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> um, some researchers came to the con- 
Oh, wait. Some of the details did tally. For example, her descriptions of the Antrim coastline were very accurate. So, too, was her account of a journey from Belfast to Cork. She recounted that the young bridey shopped for provisions with a grocer named Farr. It was discovered that such a grocer had existed, if perhaps by a lucky coincidence. Fuck. Some researchers came to the conclusion that the best way to arrive at the truth was to check back, not to Ireland, but rather to Ty's own childhood and her relationship with her parents. Maury Bernstein stated that Virginia Ty, quote, Ruth Simmons, was brought up by a Norwegian uncle and his German-Scottish-Irish wife. However, he did not mention that her birth parents were both part Irish and that she had lived with them until the age of three. He also did not mention that an Irish immigrant named Bridie Murphy Corkle, born 1892, died 1957, lived across the street from Ty's childhood home in Chicago, Illinois. Oh. Right. Do you want to read this next part? Bridie immigrated to the U.S. in 1908. Although Ty claimed that she did not know Miss Corkle's maiden name, Bridie's spinster sister, Margaret Murphy, was living <laughs> love a spinster was living with the Corkles in the 1930 census. Researchers noted that many of the elements Virginia Ty described in Bridie's life corresponded to ones in her own childhood. Cryptomnesia has been frequently mentioned as an explanation for Ty's memories. Because of correlations with Ty's past life and discrepancies with Ireland of the Bridie Murphy story time, writers such as Michael Shermer consider any paranormal interpretation of the case to be thoroughly disproven. Interesting. It's just weird what human brains do, like how they just scramble like weird little bits of information you figured you'd forgotten and then kind of yeah, spit it back out again. And then it turns into a memory. Like yeah. A fake memory. It's interesting the way that like our brains process things like the sensation of familiarity mm-hmm. because it's not correlated to like fact or proof you know like familiarity is like almost an emotion it's you know emotion. that happens yeah that happens like you know totally subconsciously and it can be triggered and that's like kind of i think what deja vu is is like when something goes wrong with the part of your brain that recognizes things as familiar and so it like i hate that i hate that too where you're just like oh fuck this is familiar this is familiar and it's not really familiar it's just like that part of your brain is freaking out has a deja vu Um, ever come like right before a stroke like has a deja vu ever portended something worse i even if that's true i don't think i'm gonna tell you (laughs) because i don't want you to (laughs) turn every deja vu into a uh an anxiety attack yeah too late yeah uh, film adaptation. The Search for Bridie Murphy was made into a 1956 movie of the same name. Produced by Paramount, the film starred Teresa Wright as Ruth Simmons, Lewis Hayward, and Nancy Gates. It was directed by Noel Langley. I wonder if it's any good. I know. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, <laughs> later events. The New York Times, in Bernstein's obituary, characterized the eventual feelings held by supporters of the story. Although Bridie believers concede that the various investigations failed to prove that she had lived as she had been described, they also insist the, that the investigations failed to prove she had not. Well, they shouldn't have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's implied. Yeah. Virginia Ty disliked being in the spotlight and was skeptical about reincarnation, although she said years later, well, the older I get, the more I want to believe in it. <laughs> huh. Despite these feelings, in 1966, she appeared on the TV panel game show to tell the truth. She died in Denver in 1995, as the New York Times later put it, perhaps for the second time. 
<laughs> like they make they make a little joke when you die. Yeah, they do a little joke. <laughs> <laughs> Ernstein gave up hypnotism after Bridie Murphy and began working in business. Success followed, and he became a prominent local philanthropist. He died in Pueblo, Colorado, in 1999. Wild! Wow, he he quit. He was like, "This is not ethical." Going out on top. That's right. <laughs> yeah, this is the best best hypnotism I'll ever do. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's why. Whoa. Uh, references in popular culture. Bridie, Bur- Bridie Murphy, a band consisting of Bill Cowsill, Paul Cowsill, Barry Cowsill, and Waddy Wachtel, released a single in 1974, quote, The Time Has Come. Do you think all those Cowsills were related to each other? I really hope so. <laughs> um, in Robert Weiss's 1963 film, The Haunting, Julie Harris's character is jokingly accused of being a reincarnation of Bridie Murphy by Russ Tamblin's character. Sorry, I'm still so stuck on why they called their band Bridie Murphy instead of just the Cowsill Brothers. Like, yeah. <laughs> come on. <laughs> the Cowsills. The yeah. Cowsills. There you go. Oh, wait. Uh, it was called the Cowsills for a while, I think. <laughs> they're like, nobody likes this name. I think that they just had a side project called Bridie Murphy. Oh, that's great. Fascinating. Fascinating. Uh, in the Carl Barks produced Scrooge McDuck comic book story back to long ago in 1957, Scrooge and Donald Duck get hypnotized to find out about their past lives, learning of their existence as pirates in 1564. Scrooge's hired hypnotist, Professor Mesmer J. Spellcaster, H-E-D-H, <laughs> has a row of books on his office shelf that includes Quest for Tidy Brophy, Search for Lighty Burphy, Agent Gracie Macy, and The Search for Murphy's Bridie. <laughs> <laughs> I hope uh, I hope all the stupid books I put in animation backgrounds some, somehow end up on a Wikipedia page. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> great. In the movie Peggy Sue Got Married, Peggy's grandfather mentions reading a book about a woman in Colorado who claimed to have lived 159 years ago in Ireland. And maybe that was Bridie. It doesn't Maybe say. that was. <laughs> um very good. Very good. Very good and very spooky, except not really. I like Bridie's hair. Yeah. Uh, if you go to the Wikipedia page, she's got a pretty great fucking picture. Um, it's dope. Real helmet hair. I love it. I love it. Um, well, does well, that conclude Wiki of the Week? Yes. That concludes Wiki of the Week. It's time now for What Did I Learn? What did I learn? Lisa, what did you learn today? I learned that if I'm getting deja vu, it means I'm about to die. My brain's about to explode. <laughs> no, that shouldn't be the takeaway. Ah. <laughs> um, and I learned that <laughs> Martha Stewart has cats. I didn't know that. Who is cats? Martha Stewart. Oh, you didn't know? <laughs> We've there you go. About, we've talked about them before. She has Persian cats. Oh, right. They okay. Have, they have crazy. Well, I guess I was reminded. Faces. Yeah. I'm having deja vu of talking about Martha's cats. Oh, no. Um, all right. Well, that's our show, you guys. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. For listening. Uh, you uh, can if continue you- to send us. I- I'm going to do the butt pics next time. I'm not going to do it today. Uh, yeah. And by the way, some people are asking us about the butt pics. They can be nude or underwear or whatever. You don't. Yeah. I, dealer's choice. Dealer's just please, choice. Just please don't show us your assholes. 
Yeah, don't spread the cheeks and show us your butthole. It's don't just spread a, the cheeks. It's like I, I support you taking pictures of that, but I just, it's a bit much for me personally. Yeah, I mean, do whatever you want in your own time. Yeah, I just don't need to see that in my inbox, but you know, yeah. you, you do you. Uh, Alternately, if you want to draw a picture of yourself and omit the one feature that you usually focus on, I think that would be a fun art exercise. Oh, interesting. If your listeners want to do that, uh, what should they hashtag that with? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, hashtag baby geniuses minus. Minus. I like that. But spelled out M-I-N-U-S. I don't know why. I just felt like it's fun to give you guys drawing assignments while we're all locked down. Emily's big on homework. I like giving you guys homework. I'm a fucking dork. <laughs> You're on a power trip. <laughs> <laughs> you can tweet those at us. I'm at Lisa Draws. I'm at Mr. Emily Heller. You can email us at babygeniusespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, thanks to our producer, Rob Para. Thanks for our music, Nate Heller. And, and goodbye. goodbye. Hey, everybody. Max Fun is running a survey to help figure out which advertisers are a good fit for our audience. Yeah, we're still primarily audience supported, and that will always be the case. But advertising can be a helpful source of income, especially right now. I know uh, not everyone can afford to uh, support Maximum Fun right now. So uh, the more sponsors we can get, the, the more we can make. The happier we are. Yeah. <laughs> the results of the survey will help us talk to some new advertisers and convince them to give us a shot. The survey is really short. Uh, I did it myself. It just took a couple minutes. And you'll get a discount at the Max Fun store if you fill it out. And also, also our everlasting gratitude. Yes, which I know you really desperately want. <laughs> you, you crave you crave our approval. Yes. <laughs> we are so withholding. <laughs> <laughs> We make you earn it, and then it's more meaningful. <laughs> we're, we're edging with our yeah. approval. <laughs> Go to MaximumFun.org slash ad survey to 